as the Trishul struck forward towards him, Mahishasa realized it was the end. His very sight followed the hand wielding the weapon to the figure standing over him. Perhaps for the first time, he finally acknowledged who it was. The woman who he had underestimated based on nothing but her gender. Why shouldn't he have? Mahishasar thought. After all, men, mortal and divine, had tried to stand up to his might, but none had been able to last long enough to be considered a challenge. They couldn't defeat him because he was blessed by Brahma. No man could ever defeat him. But that boon by Brahma that made him invincible was now a curse with a loophole. All because he was blinded by his own ego to see the truth. A woman was about to commit the very act that no man was capable of. The Trishul inches closer slowly as if time itself wanted him to feel every moment. Moments that led him to this point. Little did Mahishasur know then that his doom was destined from the moment he heard that roar of a lion that reverberated through the cosmos. He knew Devas were too beaten and weakened by him to conjure something like this. So this was different. Having set forth scouts to find out what it was, he continued pillaging the earth as he had been doing for millennia after gaining control of it from the Devas. He didn't have any reason to do this, <laughs> save that he just could. Who was there to stop him? Mahishasur got his answer when the scouts that returned stated that the Devas were sending forth a warrior. A warrior? <laughs> he smirked, wondering if it was even worth his time to be dealing with this new problem. But the scouts' anecdote about their encounter with this champion was, um, it was peppered with a mix of fascination and um, embarrassment. Maharaj Mahishasur, there is, um, there is one more thing. The warrior? The warrior is a woman. A woman who leads the army of Devas. What? A woman? Wh- who is this woman? Well, well uh, we hear a rumor that um, Devas, they, they went to Brahma and Vishnu and Shiva and, and, and the three of them, they manifested their feminine energies in creating this Devi. She is known by many names, but um, the one that stood out? Durga, the one who cannot be stopped. (sighs) 
Ay, Shasar wasn't sure if he felt more insulted or amused. He was being challenged by a woman. Well, the devas didn't learn their lesson after all. Mahishasur decided to unleash the full wrath of his fleet. Looking back, he now understood that to be his first mistake. The Trishul approach nearer and the blades touch his thick skin oozing blood from the point of contact but this was nothing compared to the blood that was spilled on the battleground news of the death of his generals udagra baskal asiloman and bidala who had been with him from the very start helping him conquer the cosmos got his blood boiling their legions mercilessly slaughtered at the hands of this warrior durga well if it's carnage she wants then that is what she will get mahishasur thought to himself but everything changed when mahishasur finally met her on the battlefield durga was nothing like what he had been imagining All he saw was a beautiful figure dressed in a sari sitting on a lion wielding her trishul she was drenched in blood but given the way she stood still it was clear that it wasn't her own but of the corpses of his asura army almost instantly he didn't care about what had happened to them to his army he was transfixed by durga's beauty it was as if the devas had manifested her just for him he didn't need a boon to beat her he knew exactly how to deal with her kind oh sundari look at this mess you have made i was going to have to teach you a lesson about this i think i have another one in mind Durga didn't immediately respond. She got off the lion and walked towards a wounded asura who moved slightly, withering in pain. Fixing her gaze on Mahishasur, she swung her trishul and stabbed the asura at her feet with a fatal blow, leaving it planted straight on his back until his withering body turned into a lifeless corpse. She then smiled I know exactly what kind of thoughts are festering inside that rotten head of yours but do not worry it won't stay attached to your body long enough Mahishasur laughed <laughs> although it was only to mask his seething he always lighted when the woman resisted but this one was crossing a line come now rupati you shouldn't have to fight me not at least on the field join me and i shall make you a queen with beauty such as yours by my side which shall rule all the three realms hearing this it was durga who let out a laugh now rule with what 
the army that begged for their lives and I cut them down one by one? You are alone now, Mahishasur, like a cornered beast. Mahishasur had had enough. He wasn't going to be talked down by this arrogant female who dared insult him. But if it's a beast that she saw him as, then that's exactly he was going to end her as. Transforming into a wild buffalo, she charged at her while she quickly mounted her line and waited. But as he got nearer, he noticed that she wasn't budging. Her expression weren't that of a woman who seemed scared, but rather of a hunter who was looking forward to a kill. This was going to be his final mistake. Like the trident that was now getting lodged deep into his neck, the meaning of the last that he witnessed was sinking deeper. While the battle went on for a few centuries during its course, Mahishasur had only managed to get a few strikes on both the lion and Durga, but had himself sustained a fatal injury. It wasn't long before he was under the lion's feet. As he laid on the ground, Durga's silhouette emerged from behind the lion's mane, and it was just this point that he understood. This wasn't some ordinary being. This was Shakti herself, the primordial feminine energy that birthed the universe. Mahishasur, so proud you were of your masculine strength that you didn't think a woman could be an equal, let alone stronger than you. If you had looked a little beyond your male gaze, you would have been clear that this chauvinistic arrogance is what made you ignorant of the truth. Blinded by your bone, you didn't for once think of using it for the betterment of the world. Instead, you focused on satisfying your greed and inflating your insecure ego. No more. You thought you could teach me a lesson? Let your death be a lesson to any man who misuses his status and his privilege. Saying this, she lunged the trishul at him, which moments later cleaved his head off. Seeing the inevitability of his death, it was within those moments he knew he had experienced something that would go on to be celebrated for ages to come. The only solace to his soul being liberated from his dying body was in the knowledge that his legacy was always going to be associated with this divine force by her most well-known name, Mahishasur Mardini, the killer of Mahishasur. Parvati was in the middle of a rough marital quarrel with Shiv. Aghast at his uncontrollable anger, she couldn't stop herself from saying, Shiv, your anger takes more than it gives. The world doesn't need it. It needs your compassion. One day, the fate of the world will depend on that. It was after hearing this that Shiv was compelled to transfer his rage into Anayasuya. Anasuya births sage Durvas, 
passing on Shiv's temper to his own son. Durvas's anger in return caused him to curse Indra and the Devas. They lost all their power, a curse that Asuras took full advantage of under their leader, Bali. Thus began the war between the children of Brahma, the Devas and the Asuras. It went on for eons and eons and the carnage continued to be heavy. The heaven and earth bled. It was too much even for the primordial trinity to ignore. The only way to bring Devas and Asuras together was to manifest a common goal that they can both work towards. So, on the advice of Vishnu, the two sides mutually called for a truce to obtain Amrit, the nectar of immortality. This would help end all wars as the ones who had it would reign the power. The nectar was to be extracted carefully through the action of Samudramantha, the churning of the great ocean. But such a task could not be done with simple tools. It was decreed that Mandar Parvat, the mountain, was to be used as the churning rod while Vishnu himself took the avatar of Kurum, the tortoise, submerging into the ocean deep to become the base for the mountain to spin on. Shiv, for his part, offered Vasuki, the serpent king he wore around his neck as a rope to be tied around the mountain and for asanas and devas to pull from either ends. Throughout several millennia, this churning released many cosmic treasures to the world. But Amrit was nowhere to be found. Thinking it was only a matter of time, the efforts were doubled. Unfortunately, no one noticed the toll it was taking on Pasuki. The rigorous heaving of his body by Asuras and Devas made the Serpent King release a deadly toxin from his mouth. It was called Halahal. It soon spread around the cosmos, burning through its fabric. Chaos ensued as the three realms got engulfed in its poisonous fumes. Standing at the banks of the cosmic ocean, along with Brahma, Saraswati and Shiv, Parvati could see the growing damage from a distance. She witnessed dead corpses of Devas and Asuras falling against Vaksuki's slithering body. All my creation, everything, everyone is going. It's gone. It's getting destroyed by this poison. Is there anyone who can save my creation? Brahma wailed helplessly. I will, a calm voice answered. Everyone turned. Shiv walked towards the ocean slowly and purposefully into the blue fog. Parvati screamed, yelled and tried to stop her husband. She pleaded with others to stop him, but there was nothing she could do as she saw him disappear. Moments pass.